my own blood. Nobody. It's a beautiful, beautiful night, Asher. We've got the crew here. We're getting ready for uh, the the NFL draft here in a couple days. So what better way to celebrate than to bring on one of our newest Dynasty All-Stars and, of course, our fearless leader as well. So awesome, awesome show. I think the listening audience of about three are really going to enjoy tonight's episode. So we've doubled doubled them. We're three. (laughs) So, Asher, let's go ahead and um, talk about the draft order. What we thought we'd do is have a pre-NFL draft mock. Uh, Of course, we know things are going to shake up a little bit as um, the NFL draft occurs. So what we'll do is we'll go ahead and do a a pre-rookie mock, and then we'll follow up in two to three weeks, and we'll do a post-rookie mock after we know all of the landing situations and, uh, you know, see how those adjustments are made. But before we uh, do that, I think we'd be remiss not to kind of pass the conch, if you will, over to Regan to talk a little bit about um, fake pig skin.com and then the new team and the direction heading forward so Regan take it away as everybody knows we had a major site redesign that was the biggest thing going on thank you to Scott Fish for uh, building the new site for us and proud to say crazily but we have uh, we just brought on our 49th and 50th writers to the team Josh Lake and uh, Josh Berger the two Joshes the uh, two QB gurus, so to speak, and we actually brought their entire site over to Fake Pigskin with us, and uh, they're going to be exclusively doing their two-quarterback um, coverage right from Fake Pigskin now instead. Uh, we got big plans on the horizon. We got a couple things up our sleeves. Some of you guys are privy to that. Some of you guys aren't, but I don't know. Other than that, we just we got a lot going on. You know that. We're just hammering away. It, it really is a beautiful thing, and it's a, it's a it's a joy to be a part of the ever so growing team. And there's a lot a lot of talent on this squad, and um, really just looking forward to what the future is going to hold for FakePigskin.com and and all the listeners. So be sure to check out the site in the near future. And if you guys haven't taken a look at some of the two QB work from both of the Joshes, you're you're really in for a treat, and it's a super win to bring them in as as an awesome partnership. Oh, absolutely. It, that's huge for our site. It's just, it, it's one more notch, so to speak, one more notch in our belt. 
trying to trying to separate fake pigskin from the rest of the of the sites out there. Um, you know, we have fantasy football specific sites. We have IDP specific sites. We have dynasty football specific sites. But we don't have a site that covers every niche of the of the fantasy sports landscape. And that's kind of what we have planned, you know. We kind of changed our tagline. I came up with the one-stop fantasy sports shop. And that's kind of what we're going towards. We want the fantasy sports player, not just fantasy football, all fantasy sports. We want the fantasy sports player to come to our site and stay there and know that they've got the best of what's going on, no matter what sport they play, no matter if it's fantasy football, no matter if it's fantasy baseball, no matter if it's golf or UFC or hockey or, or anything. I mean, what it, whatever it is, so be it. And we want to be an entertainment website also. Hence, we got the variety section with our beer reviews and um, our goofy stories. Uh, Luke Taylor writing his uh, music, his different music pieces on his top fives. You know, um, we, we just want to have a, a website where guys and girls, you know, especially. Uh, we did bring on two of our first two uh, women writers to the site also, Amber Boskers and Gladys Louise Taylor. Welcome to the team also. But we, we just want to have a one-stop all-you-can-eat buffet for fantasy sports, <laughs> so to speak. Um, come, stay, check out the whole site, see what's going on. Uh, we offer it all. And if, if we don't yet, we're probably going to. It's probably on the agenda. Like I said, we got a lot of things up our sleeves that uh, haven't been revealed yet, but they will be revealed shortly. We're all working on the draft guide for 2014 right now as we speak. It's going to be available July 1st. And so everybody can be able to look for that. It's going to be huge. Last year we did 100 pages, and there were seven guys working on it. This year we got 50. So uh, you can you can uh, just see me licking my chops at how big this draft guide is going to be. It's going to be the badass, the most badass draft guide out there. Really, really looking forward to that draft guide, and and I'm I'm also kind of licking my chops to also uh, announce our our other guest on the podcast is Road Warrior uh, Road Warrior underscore D like in Dino Might Dave Cherney. Uh, how you doing? And can you tell us a little bit about your dynasty landscape overall? Wow, we've only got an hour, right? <laughs> just do it. No, uh, just been playing. I'm going to my uh, sixth year here. Uh, hoping everybody can hear me and. Uh, you know, this, I've played pretty much every format there's out there. I've been playing contracts and auctions and salary caps and IDP. And uh, I just I enjoy it all. Uh, not to say I don't do the redrafts. I mean, I don't think there's a format of this game I haven't played, but Dynasty is certainly my favorite. I like the uh, the year-round coverage. Uh, I, I, in fact, I talk to most of the guys I talk to that play the sport actually like the off-season one. They actually like the regular season. Uh, we really love to kick it up. So just looking at, you know, Swapping stories with you guys, best practices, and uh, let's do it. Rock and roll, rock and roll. We'll go ahead and get started. We'll take you through the draft order here, and I'll go ahead and uh, pass the baton back over to uh, Asher to take us through the uh, draft order, and we'll kick it from there. Okay, so what we're going to go ahead and do tonight is we're going to do a two-round mock of a 12-team league. We're going to start with a Regan, and at the 1.1, we'll do Dave, 1.2, Jeremy will take the 1.3, I'll do the 1.4, and then we're going to cycle back through uh, to Regan. Uh, through the first round and through the second round, we're going to kind of take uh, a little bit of time to talk about each pick and critique it, um, you know, razz everybody if, if, if someone takes a player. It's a reach or kind of have fun with it. Uh, that's pretty much what we're going to do. And then like Jeremy said, we're going to come back in a couple weeks after the NFL draft and do it again and see which players have moved around and 
which ones have kind of risen or fallen and, and just kind of uh, give you guys a, a second second look at the, the mock draft. Okay, so uh, without, without any more jabbering, we're going to get started. Regan, you have the first pick. Um, if you want to go ahead and, and make that selection. All right, with pick 1.01, I take Johnny. No, I'm just kidding. I take Mike Evans. Boom. Boom. Mike Evans, number one receiver in this class, and he's going to show it throughout his career. So with... I think my, my first bit of feedback to actually agree with somebody, but I was actually I made this pick earlier today and point. got beat up pretty good on a podcast for actually taking Mike Evans also uh, based on frame. Uh, based on what for that frame, uh, his speed, and big. I'm sorry, but big receivers are in, and uh, I'm, you guys can go ahead and bash because this is actually the second time I've mentioned this. So, um, guys, have at it. Well, I'm not going to bash you because I made the pick. <laughs> I'm not going to bash. I agree completely. I mean, everybody loves Sammy Watkins for what he can do, you know, after the catch with the ball in his hands. But, but you, you can't teach six five. You, you can't teach his size and his jumping his ability. jumping ability, his red zone skills, his separation hey. in the red zone. He's yep. going to be a red zone monster. Yeah, he doesn't even have to know a route tree. All he has you know, to do is back his way into the end zone. <laughs> most wide receivers have a learning curve in their in their in their first year at least, and sometimes some some take two years. Mike Evans is going to be a stud in his first year if he gets in the right situation. It depends on what team drafts him, of course. I mean, if, I the, if, if the Jets take him, I'm, I'm worried. But <laughs> but um, if he gets on if he gets on a, on a passing team, um, he, he's going to be a beast. Yeah, I had him going to Oakland at five, and I was told if I bet that I'd make like uh, ten thousand dollars on like a ten dollar bet. So you know what? That, that wouldn't be bad for him. Well, I will say, guys, so on and so forth with the Twitter trolling, I suppose, because I, I don't want to spend too much time on this pick, but I will be the fourth to agree with this. I um, have the 1.1 in a couple different dynasty leagues after making some trades and taking over some orphan teams, and and I have, I have unsuccessfully, and we've talked about it on the show between myself and Asher, tried to trade away the 1.1 for the 1.2 plus unsuccessfully. So I, I really do think Sammy Watkins has a lot of skill a lot of talent he's going to bring to the league but I'm looking at fantasy football and like you guys mentioned I'm, I'm looking for the guys that's going to have the best touchdown opportunity and that's Mike Evans consensus look at that see that that's the difference in fake big skin yeah we all we all tend to think a little bit outside of the box um, so Dave you are up to 1.02 well I'm not going to be completely foolish here and uh and pick Manziel. We're going to save that for a little bit later, but no. Uh, be remiss if I did not go Sammy Watkins at this pick. I mean, there are certainly a number of attributes there. He will be the consensus number one going in most of your rookie drafts. I would imagine probably eight out of every ten. I don't think he's out of the question. Love his acceleration. He can kick into, when he kicks into full speed, I mean, he does come into a different dimension. Overall, probably average ball skills, but you know he's definitely shown improvement in that area. He adjusts his frame pretty well. He has pretty soft hands. Um, you, can, you can throw it to him short. He can go to the house. I'll leave the rest of you guys. I mean, the accolades continue, but uh, there's no doubt he'll be definitely going to one of the first two picks. I agree, absolutely. If, it, if it's not if it's not Mike Evans, it's Sammy. It's Sammy Watkins. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think there's any question about that either. I mean, it's it's one of those things where within a couple of years, uh, Sammy Watkins, can he have a higher ceiling than Mike Evans? Sure. Is he going to likely be a PPR stud? 
absolutely. I mean, the type of talent he brings to the t- to the game, you really can't teach that. I mean, you do see how fluid he is as a runner out of the backfield in like a running back. I mean, he really does have that mold of a running back playing wide receiver in a sense, coupled with the wide receiver tree, um, you know, and the full route tree that he ha- that he brings to the table. So I, I I don't think he's undersized. I think at at, at six one he has more than enough size to be able to um, get over the top of smaller cornerbacks across the entire league. I don't I don't see an issue there. I also don't want to discount him because he only happened to, you know, run a bunch of screen passes at the collegiate level. I mean, I'm not, you know, that's, it's not his fault that that's how his, his team decided to kind of deploy him. So, uh, I don't think there's any question he's the one that too. Yeah, I, I agree as well. Um, I think he's a great consolation if Mike Evans goes <laughs> with the first pick. You're really not complaining if you get Watkins at all. Uh, we will move on at the 1.03. That is you, Jeremy. Yeah, this is interesting because um, the, you guys have actually all surprised me. And uh, uh, I got to say, the Mike Evans over Sammy Watkins thing is, is really intriguing. And it now it kind of makes me question what I thought a couple of you guys might do in terms of, you know, 1.3, 1.4, 1.5, and who would be next. So sticking with the theme of me being that prototypical wide receiver junkie, can already scratch off the board um, some smaller guys that I do think have a serious talent to bring to the NFL. Um, But with the small guys overall, there is a less likelihood of them being bona fide wide receiver ones. Now, it certainly can happen, as we've seen with Antonio Brown, for instance, um, but I don't necessarily want to try to solve for the exception. So because of that, I'm going to go with the prototypical guy. I'm going to do a little bit of mix of measurables um, and production, and I'm going to go with Devontae Adams here with number three. Mm, I like it. Obviously, you want to compare him to a guy like Michael Crabtree. Uh, he he really does have the side. He does have the have the dominance, and I think he he might be the type of play where I I realistically don't think I have to take him at one dot three. So if I find myself in the one dot three, and I have a good sense of how my league likes to draft players and whether or not they're a, a mixture of you know statisticians or film guys or a little bit of both. Um, you know, chances are that 1.3 is going to likely be maybe, you know, the next pick or two coming up here in terms of either Brandon Cooks or, or Odell Beckham, who I really love. I just don't see them having as high a ceiling from a fantasy perspective as Devontae Adams. But I don't necessarily think I have to go as high as 1.3 if that makes any sense. So, you know, if, if this were to play out in my real fantasy mock draft, I'd likely be looking to um, try to trade back at this point. I would agree with that. You probably would be able to get him a little later. Um, you know, his speed doesn't do him many favors. He's not exactly slow, but, uh, you know, for his speed, as big as he is. And there are some grumblings out there, at least that I'm hearing, that unless he's in the right situation, I mean, he was a favorite a target of David Carr. Um, he received the majority of the passes in the past. So depending on the situation, I think is going to be huge here. And there's a likelihood he may not be the number one receiver on his squad. Got to say, of course, we're talking dynasty here. So down the line, that could obviously change. Well said. Asher, what are your thoughts of uh, Devontae Adams there? I, I really like him. Um, I'm going to second what Dave said. I think you probably could have gotten him a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure you would have gotten him at your second pick, but he probably doesn't fall out of the top 
seven picks, I would say, in the first round. Uh, but a 1.3 is a little high for me. Yeah, and I think it goes back for me where that 1.3 to that 1.8 range, it really is pick your poison. And I don't think there isn't a case that can be made for any of these guys. Uh, For me personally, it's already I'm going to kind of split the divide between the bigger guys and the smaller guys. Brandon Cooks kind of has me. I mean, I, I really do have a love affair with Odell Beckham as well. As soon as I saw him play... He's the type of guy I compare to Isaac Bruce, but even there, from a career overall perspective, you're looking at a high-end wide receiver, too. So I agree with you. I don't think I have to take him at 1.3. I'm looking to trade back, but with he's he's within that range for me with 1.3 to 1.8. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, so I am up with the, the 1.3 range. Uh, Jalen Again, probably if I'm sitting in this spot, I'd like to trade out of it, but it's just the four of us. I don't have anywhere to go. <laughs> Uh, trade back to yourself. <laughs> yeah. I call <laughs> you know, collusion. Trade, trade up. Trade up from the 1.8. No. Um, again, again, like what uh, Jeremy said, it's kind of pick your poison at this point. Um, I tend to also like the bigger body guys. Um, I'm also a huge Marquise Lee fan. Um, I, I don't know how Regan feels. Uh, but I think... Uh, if you if you if you want to if you want to talk about guys who produced and produced in probably one of the most difficult conferences, um, has the size and has the if you uh, comparing them to horses has the pedigree. Uh, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Jordan Matthews at the 1.4 out um, of Vanderbilt. Nice. Wow, big guy um, played against too. top talent and really produced well, um, and I think he can step in. Um, and produce immediately. Plus, he's only 21 years old, uh, which is phenomenal for Dynasty. Phenomenal. Right, that's a little bit. Of, and I'm a, a huge Matthews fan out, but I imagine that's going to be that's going to come as a little surprise to some people. I would imagine. Yeah, there's there's majority of the guys out there really don't like Jordan Matthews and think he's kind of ho hum when you go back and look at the film. Um, but I mean, he's the type of player that is going to be NFL ready. Period. So when I think about that, because this range of receiving uh, corps is fairly wide open right now, Jordan Matthews is the type of guy that, I mean, he's already proven he has the track record, he has the resume, he's been successful. Like Sammy, he also kind of ran a lot of under uh, underneath routes, screens, things of that nature. But he's likely to get drafted to a team that needs a guy that's going to be NFL ready. And so because of that, you know, he, he's going to likely come out of this with the most immediate short-term value. And so, you know, if you end up getting a guy later on down the road that you, um, in terms of a league mate that wants to overpay for him early on, he's the type of guy that you could potentially turn around and flip for a Jordan Matthews talent plus something a little bit later. Yeah, I think, I, I think 1-4 is a little high for him also. But, but I mean... I don't ever, in, in, in my dealings in, in drafts or nothing, I don't ever fault a guy for taking their guy. If that's your guy, take him where you feel comfortable, not where everybody else says to take him. I'll just follow up that, you know, you're not going to probably find a more versatile wide receiver in this draft. I mean, he's played every, I mean, nearly every every position, receiving position on the field, both inside and out. So, in a, before they're getting drafted, selection, probably a good one because he could probably play anywhere. I don't think he's as team-specific as others are going to be here. And if you ever caught him, uh, some of those one-handed grabs he makes, 
I mean, he certainly does have a flair for the dramatic. And, uh, and another thing, he's also a good blocker downfield, so uh, he'll probably less likely to be taken off the field. So there are some, uh, some, some of those intangibles that he brings with him. Yeah, real quick, just to agree with you there, Dave, I, it, one of the things I kind of did when I first joined FakePigskin.com was I went back and did a lot of uh, uh, dynasty previews across uh, all the different divisions, respectively, and I actually compared Jordan Matthews to Terrence Williams stylistically. Having said that, Jordan Matthews was able to do everything just a little bit better than Terrence Williams. He was able to run a little bit faster. He was able to jump a little bit higher. He was able to pull in... Um, um, some of the more difficult uh, passes when you talk about catch radius. So uh, I, I think he's going to fit that type of bill like Terrence Williams. He's just he's just better overall. So that you know that's where my stance is with him. I like it. <laughs> uh, back back to you, Regan, uh, for the one point five. One point five. I am taking Allen Robinson. Love, love, love the guy. Love his love his height. Love his speed. Just, I mean. Almost the same. He, he's almost Mike Evans light in this draft. A um, little bit of a different game, obviously, but I, I love the guy. I love the athleticism. love the versatility. I love his height. love his speed. love everything about the guy. I think he's going to be another stud wide receiver. Love the pick, Regan. It's um, it's between him and Devontae for me, and the, the the edge goes to Devontae for me right now. Allen certainly, I think, has a much higher ceiling, and I I, I think it's just going to come down to draft pedigree right now is why I took Devontae. I think he might have an earlier opportunity. There's still some some kinks to work out in Allen's game, but he, he is a physical phenomenon, and I, I think he is going to be a major player in the league for years to come. Absolutely. No, nobody's concerned about the, the Big Ten receivers. No one. <laughs> Nobody. Hey, you you got a love affair with a USC receiver, so I didn't draft him that high though. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I'll see if he's still there. No, but um, yeah, I guess uh, do we know a receiver that's come out and produced really well, and and just to compare, you know, Robinson, he's essentially three inches shorter than or two inches. Yeah, three inches shorter than Mike Williams, Mike Evans, excuse me, and he's also shorter than than Jordan Matthews. Not to defend my pick, I'm just comparing. What do you guys see different as far as Robinson to Matthews? Do you, I know Robinson's a little bit younger. Um, he's actually slightly slower in the forty. Um, you just see somebody who has the potential to to really fill in in the NFL. I've seen some comparisons uh, to Stevie Johnson. I'm not so sold on that. That's about uh, the only comparison I've seen him to. For Robinson? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, for me, for me, I, I just think it's he's going to have the dominance as an outside threat that Jordan Matthews might not necessarily have. Jordan Matthews, while he is taller, I almost see him stylistically being able to accomplish many of the same things, albeit a couple inches shorter than one Marcus Colston. He's going to bring that underneath aspect to the game, um, but I don't see him being the the as dominant of a threat on the outside. I mean, Allen Robinson really is a physical specimen. I mean, his his 40 time is in that sub-4-5 range, and he did have even a three-cone that was at seven flat. So, I mean, he, he can really get lateral across the field as well. So that really bodes well for his after-the-catch ability as well. Now, I was going to mention the three-cone also, and the fact that, that um, coming in as a quarterback... 
how much he polished himself as a route runner also. It really impressed me in his, in his time at Penn State. I mean, he tried his best to perfect route running while starting as a quarterback. You know, I mean, that just shows the athleticism that the guy has. All good points. Uh, Dave, you are up again. Yeah, I'm gonna, I guess I'm going to go a little boring. Uh, you guys have been completely out of the box, and now uh, I'm going to go back to a poll I took earlier and someone that I've probably taken probably a little earlier um, than you guys had. Or, uh, but I'm going to go with uh, Brandon Cook. There are several things, you know, he, he timed very well at the Combine. Um, I don't need to get into all those details there, but uh, his 40-yard well, dash was 433. Um, and his shuttles were fantastic. You know, he's, he's explosive. He has great feet. He has great spring. Uh, he has great body control. He's good in the open field. He can make people miss. Um, he's he's tough. I like a good tough uh, individual. Uh, he's never missed a game that I that I know of on any level. That's always important. Um, you know, again, he's he lacks the size that we're all looking for, but we're getting down to that area where we're going to be lacking size. Uh, strength and muscle is going to be something he, he's going to have to uh, work on. Uh, but he is pretty good in his uh, in his routes, so I think he will be able to start off and only get better in this league. Thoughts, gentlemen? Well, I, I like the pick. I'm uh, a big Brandon Cook fan. I think for whatever reason, Oregon State has been able to turn out receivers the last couple of years. Uh, even though he is a little bit undersized, you know, he, he didn't play like it at Oregon State in the Pac-12. Um, I, I think if they can probably fill him out. Uh, as far as diet and weightlifting, he, he surprisingly enough he benched double the amount of Odell Beckham Jr. So if you want to talk about strength and no. a, a guy that's supposed to be going as the third receiver in the NFL draft, you know, is out benched by a guy who's I don't know how much two inches smaller and ten pounds lighter. So uh, I don't think strength's going to be an issue for him. He won the Bolitnikoff Award last year, right. and yeah, I think the guy's a stud, and I think the right fit. Say if he gets drafted by Kansas City, you could be talking about someone who probably might have the best year outside of Mike Evans. Right, or even Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. It's, I mean, we've seen, we've seen small guys like that succeed. So, you know, you got guys like Deshaun Jackson, you got guys like Antonio Brown. Um, he can step right in and do the same exact thing. The guy's a little speedster. He's a little quick guy. Uh, in the right offense, like a, say, a Philadelphia offense, he's going to be a monster, you know? Yeah, I, I love that pick. And it, this is a case where, it, realistically, I don't see Brandon Cooks falling to where he fell in our in our mock draft um, in in majority of leagues. I mean, I, I, I pretty much had him pegged in that 1.3 to 1.5 um, range, so 1.6. I mean, I guess it's just out where I, I thought he was going to be pegged here. Um, he, he really is... Um, in my opinion, a, a more complete, better version of what we were hoping Tavon Austin was going to be. Um, he really brings more to the table than, than Tavon Austin actually brings. And, and most importantly, he doesn't cost you as much as what Tavon, what you had to spend on Tavon, um, last year. Um, it, my only struggle, again, it comes down to while he is Strong, albeit he he's going to run into 
issues when he has to go up against press coverage. You don't see a lot of that at the collegiate level. Um, you know, I, I'd imagine from a coaching perspective, they're going to have him uh, on the move more often than not. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, he probably could turn into a very, very good PPR special, and he can also turn into a boomer bust type of play where it, it's not like he's ever going to turn into that guy that you want to trot out there as your wide receiver one. Um, so because of that reason, um, you know, he is a safe first round pick. Absolutely. He's just not going to bring you that, you know, top end, uh, potential, um, you know, top six wide receivers from a dynasty perspective, in my opinion. No, but I, oh, sorry. That's okay. I was going to say that just shows the depth of this wide receiver class. Yeah, no doubt. That it, it can go either way. You know, there, there's, there's really no wrong answer. Other, you know, other than say one, two, there's really no wrong answer. Three through, I mean, even 12, 13 ish, you know, it's going to be someone's taste. It's going to be someone's taste. And if you're drafting after the draft, it's not only taste, but it's going to be situation. You know, some guys are just going to be in better situations than others. And somebody in a poor situation is going to be in a, you know, in a poor situation might have a way more talent than somebody else, but it's not going to rise to the top. You know, I mean, it just shows the depth of this class. And we're really not going to know what kind of situation these guys are in until until we see where the, where they fall, where the dominoes land, so to speak. Yeah, we yeah. really are splitting hairs at this point. Okay, so at this point, we'll do a quick recap. We've had Mike Evans, then Sam Watkins, then Devontae Adams, Jordan Matthews, followed by Allen Robinson into Brandon Cooks which brings us to 1.7, which is my pick. And I'm a little bit torn here because I really do have uh, an NFL talent um, love affair with Odell Beckham when you watch this guy on tape. Uh, I, I mentioned the comp to Isaac Bruce. I see it. He's going to have the draft pedigree, which means he's going to have the opportunity to perform very early in his career. I think he's going to be versatile enough to be able to line up inside and outside. But having said that, I, I still want to swing for the fences. Last year, around 1.11, I was swinging for the fences with Stephen Hill. It still hurts me to this day. It still hurts me. It pains me so much to say that. But Dante Moncrief not only has everything that Stephen Hill had in terms of physical dominance, he also comes with the proven ability to be able to perform unlike Stephen Hill's rawness coming out. So Dante Moncrief with his sub 4-4-40 and his dominance and just everything about him, uh, including a love affair with um, Greg Cassell that he has for Dante Moncrief. Uh, I'm going with Moncrief at 1.7. Great pick. Absolute great pick. That would have been mine next if, it, if he fell. Yeah, I like the pick. What did McShay say this week that he's, he's the most impressive workout he's ever seen by a wide receiver or something along those lines? Don't, don't mention his name on our podcast. Well, well, no. <laughs> well, he gets into these shows. I don't get to see them, so. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was quoted as saying Moncrief was rocked up, although that's the that's the appropriate term we're using these days. <laughs> <laughs> The guy just leaves uh, people in his wake. I mean, he do, he rarely gets caught from behind. So if you get him in space, uh, you know, the sky's the limit for this guy, without a doubt. 
you know, Tre- Trevor Trevor Maltby did his his in, in, uh, his debut article for us was uh, a film breakdown of, of Dante Moncrief. Um, I, I advise anybody that has that still has any doubts about Moncrief and his ability, go read that article that uh, Trevor Maltby put on BigPigskin.com in the NFL draft section. Um, the, the guy's just amazing. He, he's a, he's another freak athlete, just 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 a freak, and. I think he's got a high ceiling as anybody else in this draft, really, um, in terms of pure raw talent. Agreed. I agree. Uh, so it's me, uh, the, the 1.8. I'm ecstatic. I'm doing cartwheels and backflips. The uh, Marquise Leaf fell to me here. <laughs> uh, you guys say what you will. I'm going to take uh, the USC receiver, who was the 2012 Bolitnikov uh, winner. Uh, from la- from that year, who was list time last year, the consensus number one overall, the 1.1 fan um, at Dynasty pick, and touted by the likes of Tim Stafford at DLF, who I think he's even still in his avatar, Twitter avatar. Um, love the guy. I know he had a bad pro day. Um, I actually just watched a special on him that was running on ESPN that they pulled a fourth-string walk-on quarterback to throw in his pro day because USC wouldn't let him have anyone else. <laughs> he had to have a USC student throw to him um, for whatever reason and had, a, had an okay combine as well. But, um, excuses, Asher. No, no, I'm not making excuses. I think, I think you know, if, if you take aside the injury-hampered year that he had in 2013 and you go back and you watch the 2012 tape, um, the guy is, is insanely talented. Um now that you mentioned the injuries, I mean, he had both shoulder and leg problems. I mean, does that bother you at all? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> well, for me, no, and at the 1.8, I'm willing to take that risk. Um, as far as the guys with the, with the high upside are gone, the Robinson is gone, the Moncrief is gone, um, even Devontae Adams. And uh, I'm not a huge Odell Beckham fan for whatever reason. Um, I just watch some tape on him, and he makes some great circus catches, but he also disappears at times. Um, and I, I, for me, the comparison with Lee, and I know I'm getting long-winded here, is similarly to Allen, Keenan Allen last year, who dropped in both the NFL draft and fell to the end of the first round in most dynasty drafts just because of injury, um, and then you know was ended up having the best year. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Asher, and also to piggyback off of what Road Warrior said was he, he was injured. So I, I know, you know, one of the things that is, is very important to a lot of the statisticians, it, it comes down to the final year of dominance where Marcus Lee fell off the map, had some consistency issues, but he also was playing hurt throughout that year. So I really don't think he was quite quite right you know what i mean and there's only a short amount of time period in a collegiate career to be able to prove your worth um he broke onto the scene at a very young age and he actually when you compare him to the likes of sammy watkins um he he really did dominate um even more so than sammy watkins did and if we were having this draft this time last year you would have had to have picked a 1.1 1.2 likely to actually draft marcus so to come a year later and you snag him at the 1.8, I think it's a great value pick. Thoughts, Regan? No, I'll hold them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the last thing I'll say, if, if you use Draft Breakdown, which I'm a huge fan of, um, and you go and you watch the 2013 Stanford game, you don't have to watch more than maybe a minute 
and he makes like he makes four ridiculous catches, toe tapping, you know, back of the end zone, just insane catches that remind you why he was the projected 1.1 last year. Um, so I think the talent's there. I, I think it, it's really going to depend on how healthy he is coming into the season. All right. So that, that is it for right, the first eight picks. We will go to Regan with the 1.9. Well, Odell Beckham Jr., I mean, it's obvious there. He's sitting there at the 1.09. It, that's, it's, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, I don't think there's any other way you could have gone here. I mean, well, there, there likely is another way. There's many other ways you could have gone, but I would I would have followed suit as well. It, it, isn't, it, isn't it amazing that we're through nine picks and now we've only picked wide receivers? No, no, it's not. I think that's I think that's about right on. For, yeah. Well, yeah, for this year, yes. For this year, yeah, it is yeah. amazing when you think about it overall. I mean, I don't. I can't tell you the last time we've gone through this many picks and a running back has not come off the board. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if this still happens again uh, in a few weeks when we come back and do this again after we see where these running backs land. Yeah, and he's definitely one of the most dynamic offensive weapons that you're going to find in this draft, uh, without a doubt. Absolutely. Yeah. I, like his vert- I like his vertical game. You know, I think he's uh, he's great in a jump ball situation. Um, he's a good route, decent route runner. Uh, you know, and he, he can get separation off the line on deep routes especially. So, I mean, it, it's a, it, this is really a no-brainer pick at 1.09. And don't forget, if you're in any return leagues, he's uh, destined to be one of the top returners coming out of this draft as well. Absolutely. Yeah. You get points for that. Where do you, where do you guys see him falling in the NFL draft? Do you think he's in Carolina tonight, or is he even going to last that long? Well, the hot, the hot name now is Jets are trying to trade up to get him in the top ten. Mm. Really? That's, that's top ten for like, Beckham? That's the latest news. Yeah. That that would be a jet thing to do. It's good for his bank account. Uh, it is very good for his bank account. I hope he has pretty feet. <laughs> you know, with, with, if in all in all honesty, oh, with, uh, with, you know, with, Mike, with Mike Vick starting and them getting Eric Decker, if they can get a compliment to him, um, you know, and have, have, they've got the, they've got the makings of a decent uh, wide receiver core there. Uh, 
good concentration, really good hands. He has had a bit of the drops, though, so, you know, his concentration can be just a little bit off from time to time, but I'm really liking the upside. Gentlemen, knock me down. No, there's no knocking down. At 110, taking the top 10 end off the board, especially in a, in, in a league. If, if you're in a league and you have and you're, you're needy for, for tight end, it, it, that's again, that's another no-brainer pick. At, at the 110, you're, you're, you're fine. Yeah, I, 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 I still I still debate on if he's the number one uh, tight end or not, but I, I still like the pick regardless. I agree. I'm seeing him go as high as 1.4, 1.5, 1.6. So for you to get him at 1.10, I think that's great. And he's one of the um, youngest tight ends historically to even come into the game um, at his age. And, you know, that that actually bodes very well for his, his future stardom in the league. I- I was going to say, unfortunately, the last young tight end that came in around this age was named Aaron Hernandez, but we're not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't something serve us about uh, Ebron with off-the-field concerns this week? No, just kidding. <laughs> no, I, uh, no I, I like the pick as well. Uh, I think, I think, yeah, you could get him a lot earlier. Uh, I mean, you may be forced to take him a lot earlier. Um, and, and yeah, it's going to be up the composite of your team going into this as well. Um, but I always like to have. Uh, most of my leagues that I play in, uh, you can play two tight ends, and I always like to have two solid tight ends, especially having uh, you know an up and comer uh, ready to burst onto the scene. Predictions, guys, where uh, where Ebron gets drafted? I hope he lasts to Green Bay, but I'm not so sure he's going to last that long. That would be a great pick, wouldn't it? Yeah, I, I I'm I'm kind of thinking um, Buffalo or New York, but I right. yeah, I'm the, I think Buffalo. For sure. if, the Jets, if the Jets don't trade up, I can see the Jets doing it. Um, but it, um, unless they trade up for Beckham, they're not sold on Cumberland. <laughs> <laughs> Laugh all you want. He is. Have you ever seen a guy that big run that fast? <laughs> I've actually played him a couple times, so I'm not going to stay out of this. <laughs> um, I was being somewhat serious. I forgot about. Jeremy's man crush. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was Stephen Hill. That's a different man crush. Same team. We, we seem to be obsessed with the Jets. <laughs> I still like Stephen Hill, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess that brings it to 1.11, and that's me. And there's a few different ways I can go with this. Uh, a few guys are on the board here that I'm actually not expecting to be on the board. Man, I even feel dirty doing this because... Candidly, I don't even like his talent that much, but he's the best likelihood to land in Tennessee, and that's Carlos Hyde. Uh-huh. I'm going I'm to go ahead and take Carlos Hyde here. I'm not the biggest Carlos Hyde fan, um, but, I mean, all the, the draft buzz that goes on and, and the glaring need that is at Tennessee, and it's almost like this is a placeholder, if you will, for whatever running back goes to um, Tennessee because I don't think um, there is so much over-the-top elitism at the running back position this year. It really is going to be dependent on situation. So I – Whoever goes to Tennessee, I don't think they're going to be here at 1.11, but I'll go ahead and and take Carlos Hyde right now with an assumption that he's the one going um, to Tennessee. Having said that, 
I'd rather take a guy like Terrence West um, around later, who I think you know compares much more favorably to a guy like Zach Stacy, just uh, not quite as. Uh, Agile as someone like Zach Stacy and somebody that you can get as a value play. And I think he's a little bit more NFL ready, not so quick to bounce the ball outside, even though he's a big runner like Carlos Hyde. Um, but it's one of those things where, you know, running backs and dynasty and in the NFL in general, they don't have a very long lifespan. So because of that, if I've got a guy that's going to go in and be a shoe in running back two for a few years, I'll go ahead and pull the trigger. Any concern, just to, you know, it's just the style of the NFL being more of a spread. A spread, and he's more of a ground and pound. He's, it seems that that style of runner, uh, there are a few ex- exceptions. You mentioned these Zach Stacey's, but uh, just that type of runner just kind of being run out of the game. Any concerns about his longevity over this? Period? Sure. Yeah, there's. I, I've, I'm always going to have that concern with the running back because, I mean, injuries are fickle. We really can't predict them. I mean, just like he's a ground and pound guy and can go down, um, somebody that's you know quick twitch, lateral agility. I mean, they, there's they could potentially tear an ACL all the same. Um, I, I don't like that he's not going to bring that PPR upside, um, but you know his floor would come in and be an RB two should he land in Tennessee. So just on sheer volume alone is why I think that's a, that's an appropriate value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm not a huge Hyde fan. Um, to me, he's essentially like a poor man's Eddie Lacy. Um, he he can catch the ball well, you know, decently out of the backfield. He blocks okay, um, but there there and he grounds and pounds pretty well, for, you know, for his size and whatnot. But um, but he doesn't he he doesn't have breakaway speed. He doesn't have you know electric. Um, Run after the catch ability that that you that I want in my in my uh, running backs ideally. Um, so I I understand the, the rationale for the Tennessee running back idea you know at that point. Um, but for me, Hyde Hyde doesn't do it in this draft class. There's a couple of the running backs that I actually prefer to him talent wise. I won't tell you who they are because I plan on drafting them. But. <laughs> <laughs> so. so with that segue, we're back to you. Uh, with that, uh, I, I know we, we've heard a lot on Twitter about, uh, and in NFL, just in general, about Cody Latimer uh, flying up the board. I haven't watched a lot of his tape. I know he's a big body guy. Uh, so I, I won't draft him here because I, I don't think it's fair to myself not, not watching his tape. Uh, I am going to go, at this point, I'm going to I'm gonna go running back, and I'm going to take Lash Seastrunk uh, out of Baylor. Um, and he's a little bit undersized, but he, he has that ability to break the long run, um, make people miss, and um, just kind of has that electric intangible that I'm looking for. It'll be interesting to see where he ends up uh, in the NFL draft. Just to throw in there, uh, the one bit of a misnomer about Lake Seastrunk is the fact that they didn't really use him in the passing game, but I'm not so convinced that he's... I just think that was uh, that could be part of the offense that was there, that he just wasn't used there, so... I still think that's a bit of a bit of an unknown. You could have a uh, serious upside. Uh, that could be a nice surprise for you. I yeah, could, yeah, yeah. I couldn't agree with you more there, Dave. I mean, it's a product, uh, a byproduct of the system. Um, I, you know, when I first started watching him, the, my first comp was Lashawn McCoy. Uh, he's not going to have the breakaway speed, but he sure gets there very fast, um, and he's going to get lost the, behind the offensive line. So I, I really do like that pick. I'm a fan of Lake Seastrunk and the upside he could have. Regan, thoughts? 
Oh, I, I, I like it. He's not my favorite. Uh, he's not my favorite running back. He's about fourth on my list, but um, I don't mind the pick at all. When, when you're when you're getting this high in the first round and then starting in the second round, it like I said, it's all going to be on preference on who you who you prefer. Yeah, which you'll see who I prefer in the next. Right, Mary uh, Rice will be there for you next next go round. Uh, I, I bet you he'll be there later on. <laughs> oh, he will be. I'm not drafting that guy anywhere. <laughs> you can't score in a good Jew, doesn't it? Oh, <laughs> 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 well, you, you were up for Ian with the um, the first pick in the second round. I like Bishop Sankey. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm taking. Um, my article. <laughs> <laughs> Among others, if it was on our site, yes, I read it. I I know he uh, he doesn't run with much power, you know, um, and he's got limited speed. But you know, he's basically a one cut runner and, and go. But you know, that hasn't worked. Ba- that that hasn't fared. Uh, well, I shouldn't say hasn't fared. It's it's fared pretty well for guys like Arian Foster and Frank Gore. They're basically the same running back. That's kind of who I compare him to in my comparisons. Um, I like him. I like this production. I got to see him a lot being a West Coast guy and being a Pac-10 fan. Well, okay, Pac-12 fan. I still got to get used to saying that. Um, but I think his skills are going to translate great as a three-down back in the NFL, and I like him as the best running back in this class. Yeah, and I actually... Other than, than Marion Grace. <laughs> <laughs> the the Marion Grace, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My only concern and actually, um... With him is just is how he translate and the fact that he would always run out of that one back, you know, the shotgun spread offense, um, and how that's going to translate. It could very well. I think he's going to be. I think it's going to be a fine pick for you. But until you actually see it, I don't know. The thoughts, gentlemen, uh, that has me a little concerned. Yeah, you know, I I am a really big fan of Bishop Sankey, and because by I tend to. Um, end up falling in love with some of the more physical freaks, and he has that. He has a 6.75 three cone, and th- that's unheard of. I mean, that's that's pretty much in the Christian Michael range right there. Um, so he he has the over a top elite, and I mean, he was deceptively fast at at the combine with a 4.47. Um, you don't see him play that way, but I also think that was a product of the system because he really was running behind a very poor offensive line that was also learning a new system at the same time so when when I see a lot of people say that you know they don't think he has the vision I think it's a fair point but I think it's also remiss to not mention the fact that his offensive line didn't have the vision and they weren't where they were supposed to be every single time I I watched Sankey I'd watch the line implode and a guy just can't do anything behind that so I I really do like Bishop Sankey I really love his upside yeah, I, I agree. I think it was, for me, it was between him and, and Seastrunk and, and uh, kind of the, the breakaway speed is what, what did it for me. But um, you could go either way. They're, they're both great picks. Dave, you were up. All right. Uh, well, I am going to go back to the wide receiver role for my, I guess this will be my third or fourth pick. I'm not even keeping track here. But uh, unlike our uh, fellow uh Host here, I am going to go with uh, Cody Latimer here at the, I believe is the 202. Uh, I like his frame. He's thick. He's, athle- he's athletic looking, if nothing. He's got a fairly impressive speed. He's agile. Uh, I noticed uh, from the tape I did see of him, he was able to get some uh, separation consistently. And his route running, I don't know if he knows a full tree, but he's 
from where what I have seen him run, he was able to get open. Uh, he can extend plays. He seems to have pretty soft hands, and he seems to be uh, pretty well coordinated uh, after the catch. Thoughts? I love the pick. That was that was. It, I was just deciding between him and, and, and Sankey when I made the pick, and I figured I had to get a running back. Uh, great pick. Yeah. yeah I, I, I have not watched enough tape or any tape at all on, on Latimer, so uh, I can't really weigh in. Yeah, I, I think he really does actually comp out pretty well to one Allen Robinson. I think um, he, he has everything I'm looking for, and both the camps really seem to share the same love affair for Cody Latimer. He has been really flying up the, the draft talk boards, um, Gazunheit. So I do think, um, you know, he's probably going to end up in the late second, early third round of the NFL draft. Um, he's going to be a development type of, of pick that you're likely going to have to sit in and, and wait on, um, but the the juice will be worth the squeeze. What, what do you guys say? Where, where would he go rookie pick-wise, say, if Carolina drafts him? Well, does that change anything for you? Are you still talking like late late first, early second? Yeah. For, for, for fantasy-wise, like a rookie draft. I don't think it would change too much for me. Um, I mean, I, I think if he does end up in Carolina, I think he's going to probably uh, stamp his his spot in the late part of the first round. He's not going to fall to the second round like like he has here. Um, but at the same time, that that might not be the best thing for Cody Latimer. I I, I don't know. I mean, is he going to be able to be up for the task at that point? Um, it, you know, it, it's an interesting way to look at that. Good points all around, gentlemen. You you are up, Jeremy. You better not snipe me. Um, I will do my best not to snipe you. Um, maybe I'm not sniping you. Maybe I am. Um, if if you're looking for Austin Safarian Jenkins, you've just been sniped. Oh, you sniped me. I just, I just got sniped. <laughs> <laughs> I, I realized that I should have taken him at the one one twelve instead of uh, C Strunk. Yeah, he's he's my number one tight end. Um, also, he, mine also. Yeah, even above Ebron, uh, I it's it, he's got concerns with the the foot, and that that is disconcerting. But um, his he's his red zone dominance is is just unmatched. And I mean, if he has the the chance to come in and be the next Antonio Gates, if not better, I'm gonna go ahead and take a chance on that. And he could likely be that tight end that could go to Green Bay. And if that's the case, oh boy. Yeah. Um, great. I, I, I agree. I think he, yeah, you said pretty much everything. He blocks really well. Um, and he's just going to be a red zone monster as long as he's healthy. I absolutely love the guy. Um, again, I got to see him a lot being a Pac-12 homer and watching pretty much as many Pac-12 games as I can and watching him tear up, uh, ASU's uh, defensive backfield, uh, uh, amongst others. I agree with you. He's going to be a red zone machine. He's going to be a monster. Uh, the guy's six six. He can run great. He runs great routes. He's got great hands. He can still block pretty good. Um, probably needs to work on that a little bit more at the pro level. Um, but he's he's got all the tools to be a complete package and be a dominant t- tight end. He's also my my number one tight end in this draft. And I'll just chime in a little bit. Obviously, he was not my number one tight end. <laughs> so, <laughs> but he's not far from it. Uh, 
It's interesting. I just followed his. Oh, uh, anything else, Dave, or was that it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I can shut up. No, I can't. I was just interesting to see how his draft stock has changed. I mean, there was a time, uh, probably about a year ago, when uh, they had him pegged as uh, Gronkowski, and now he's a lazy piece of uh, stuff, you know. <laughs> so it, it's all in which what you see at him. I do believe he's going to be probably the best all-around tight end, um, but that's not necessarily what I'm looking for in fantasy football circles. I think his blocking is probably as good as anybody's out of this class. I've seen him often compared to, you know, between maybe a Jason Witten and a Mercedes Lewis, which is not definitely a bad thing at all. It's uh, And you definitely have it right. He's definitely going to be a huge red zone target, so it's definitely a solid pick. He's just another one of those guys that comes from a basketball background, and we've seen how the uh, the athletic basketball guys translate as tight ends in the NFL. And I just think he's following the same path. Yeah, I think if he can stay healthy, uh, he, he definitely has the ability to outproduce Ebron uh, over the course of his career. Very, very good pick. Um, so I'm up at the, the one, uh, 2.4. Excuse me. Uh, I'm going to take a 4A away from the, the skill positions. Uh, or am I? Let's see. <laughs> Um, Hello, Joyce. <laughs> no, no. Actually, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with skill position. I was thinking about going quarterback, but I'll uh, I'll dive back in to the running backs. A guy that is you know highly debatable right now. People are uh, on the fence about him. Some love him. Some really don't like him. I'm gonna go with Isaiah Crowell um, out of Alabama wow. State. Um, I, if you're picking in the second round, you know, and you're picking middle of the second round, you're you're, you're it's kind of a toss up. Yeah, you're picking, you're picking upside, and I think if you watch any of his Georgia tape, the guy has NFL talent, and for whatever reason, couldn't put it together in college, couldn't keep his head in the game, got into trouble, um, and has a lot of off-field stuff, yes. uh, but if he can get on the right team, you know, um, with a good veteran locker room, he has the skill set to really succeed as a running back. Chris, did he start off at Georgia? He did, uh, yes. Yeah. problems there? He did have problems, but if you go back and you watch the Georgia-South Carolina game, um, he played against a stacked South Carolina team. I mean, you're talking Clowney, Ingram, um, Gilmore, among others, and he torched them. So the, the talent's there. Um, it's just a matter of, of whether or not he can stay out of trouble. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a Christine Michael. You know, character concerns are going to drop him in the draft, real and in fantasy. Well, not ne- not necessarily fantasy. He's got all the tools. I think um, he's more of a risk than Christine Michael. Cause, I mean, Michael at least managed to stay at Texas A&M. This guy had to go to... Okay, <laughs> Michael Heavy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the talent's there. Absolutely. Yeah, and the only thing I actually have a problem with in the comparisons to Christine Michael, I think the 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 comparisons are there in terms of draft value, and he's going to fall, but he could have all the talent. He does have all the talent in the world. He really does run very well. You know, it really seems to know which lane to run in and how to get the extra yards. Um, he, he doesn't actually... Um, fit the bill in terms of overall physicality. He didn't run in the 40, but based on his pro day measurements, um, you know, he had some red flags there in terms of his overall three cone, um, short shuttle and, and 40 time. It was drizzling. So maybe that had some adverse impact. Um, but I mean, it, I, I like the value. It's in the second round. So you, again, you got to go and get your guy. Um, and he's, he, he could be an absolute steal. Uh, 
uh, I'm just hearing that he could fall into the sixth round of the NFL. So I, I think the concerns are there more for the NFL teams that, that are actually leaked out into draft Twitter. Yeah. Um, I guess as, as far as, I mean, we, we talked, touched a little bit on it. Zach Stacey was a fifth-round pick last year and was kind of an afterthought. You know, um, I would say talent-wise, just from watching a little bit of tape, Crowell, while not quite as talented as Michael, you know, is is leagues more talented than Stacy. Stacy does every is kind of like we said Hyde. I said Hyde is like a um, you know all around Eddie the poor man's Eddie Lacy. Um, Stacy's similar in that in that role. He's you know he's going to run hard. He's going to get what's blocked. But Stacy's not going to he's not going to break a, a run like Jamal Charles or, or um, McCoy. And I, I do see that with Kroll. Uh, you okay, know, if, so he, yeah. if he gets playing time, yeah, in the second round that's fine. Well, even in, even at the NFL level, that's okay. You don't have to break a 90-yard run to be a successful running back. Correct. I, I'm saying, yeah, but what I, all I'm saying is that the, the, even if he falls to the sixth round, it, it's not indicative as to whether or not he could produce, you know, given injury or whatever uh, in the NFL. Fair point. Fair point. All right, Regan, you're, you're up again at the 2.5. Well, I want a tight end, so I'm going to go ahead and take Jason Morrow then. There he goes. If you wanted a tight end, you should have just let me know. I've got a pretty tight end. You do. What's one of those Well played. Can you can you can you tell we've been on the show for a while here, and we were we, we've really built that rapport. Yeah, it is. It is. Dave and I are over in Norway. It's almost midnight. Yeah. Uh, it's only 8:45, man. Come on. <laughs> uh, any thoughts on Chase there? Oh, <laughs> uh, wait. I, I watched some tape on him. I'm not as high on him. The, from what I've seen, in, albeit you know a couple games on draft breakdown, uh, he drops a lot of passes, um, and he's he's a big guy, and he kind of fits the mold of like that lumbering tight end, you know. Uh, and for me, I'd probably just rather go in another direction than tomorrow. But a lot of people are high on him. If it, if it was real NFL draft. I would pass on him also, and I would take a guy like A.C. Leonard basically later on in the draft uh, because I think A.C. Leonard is everything that he is, and you can get him way later. Uh, but that type of player in fantasy football, A.C. Leonard is probably not even on anybody's draft board for fantasy football, and you could probably pick him up off the waiver wire sometime after the draft. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and I, I do like Jay Samaro. I just don't love Jay Samaro. I, I was really, really high on Jay Samaro, and I will say I was quite tainted by his overall combine play. Um, I was expecting him to be a little bit faster, and it didn't happen. Um, so, I mean, I think he's going to be a very high-volume type of play. I think he is going to be deployed, um, you know, as, as a move tight end and, and be a good play um, just based on sheer volume, much to the same effect of Greg Olson. So I, I, I see him like uh, a Greg Olson going forward, probably a low-end tight end one, but that's about a ceiling. What do you think of his blocking? I think it leaves a little bit to be desired. I think he can get the job done. I, uh, but I mean, at the next level, he's not going to be able to bully on the, the size of guys that he was at the collegiate level. So I, I think it's it's subpar. Um, it, it's gonna it's gonna need some work. Yeah. All right, Dave, Dave you are up. And we are at what two two six two six. All right, I'm going to go a little bit out. And uh, this gentleman, I've been trying to find some uh, additional tape on. It hasn't exactly been the easiest. 
Uh, but it's time I throw a running back on the squad, and I'm going to go out on a limb and look at Storm Johnson here. Nice. Ooh, Ooh, I like it. Nice pick. I'm, I'm um, in Central Florida, so I love the, the pick. There you go. There you love go. It. Love it. Um, seems to be smooth. He seems to be proportional. I like his size. He can plant and go. Um, see, I love the way he lowers his shoulders. Uh, he's not afraid for contact, although you have to worry about the injury bug there. Seems to have pretty good vision. Uh, he can seem to cut back in lanes. Not the speediest of backs, but uh, I think he could be an effective if uh, in a shared committee. Thoughts, gentlemen? I, I, I'm secretly hoping that he ends up being the Arizona Cardinals pick late in the draft. I, I'm hoping he falls to about the sixth, and then uh, the, the Cardinals get him in real life. Yeah, I, I, I like him a lot. Jeremy? Yeah, I, I like Storm Johnson. I actually like his talent a little bit more than Carlos Hyde, even though I took Carlos Hyde higher. I just don't know if Storm is going to come in and get the early opportunity. But, again, it's we're at 2.6 here. So if you like your guy, go ahead and get him. Yeah, yeah. For for me, I, you know, I, I didn't get. I just came back to Central Florida in January, so I didn't get to see him play. Um, but I did watch the bowl game, um, and from the tape I've seen, I kind of echo what Dave said. Good all around guy. Um, he's got a little bit of a little bit of speed, a little bit of you know shake to him in, in in the open field. He can make people miss, and, and he catches the ball really well out of the backfield, and he pass protects um, very well. Uh, that seems to be kind of something that George O'Leary kind of instills in his running backs coming out of UCF is they all seem to be able to be three down backs and play um, on passing downs and they all pass protect pretty well. Do they all falsify their um, their uh, <laughs> 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 do they all falsify their resumes also? I, mean, I, I can't speak to that. I, I know that, that, that O'Leary is a pretty my wife worked for the athletic department and hopefully he's not listening but um from what she said, the guy was pretty pretty gross. He chews a lot of tobacco, and he would spit, and his belly was so big that he wouldn't even make it to the ground. It would just spit all over his belly. <laughs> <laughs> but his running backs can pass protect, and that's all we would <laughs> Is he on Twitter? I want to throw him a follow. <laughs> it might not be under that, under his real name, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> his, his, belly? his Twitter name is at Skull. <laughs> or skull belly, yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> Jeremy, you are up, sir. I am up, and frankly, I'm extremely shocked that one Trey Mason is still on the board here. But I'm not going to go that way. Um, <laughs> that shocked. Huh? <laughs> I'm going Johnny Football, baby, at two dot seven, and. And I, let me throw a qualifier out there. I'm willing to take Johnny Football as high as 1.8, 1.9. And I put that out there uh, on our, our friend's site that I also contribute for at Sportable.is. Um, it's one of those things where, as a lot of fantasy analysts such as ourselves, we get together for the mocks and we know that the quarterbacks are going to fall, so we kind of follow suit. But I have a very strong feeling for a lot of the you know guys that get together privately and they pay in leagues, whatever the case may be, Johnny Football is going to have an immediate impact. He's going to be drafted to a team to start, and he's going to, just with his legs alone, going to come in and likely get to that you know, low-end QB1 value. And a lot of these guys that we've already picked collectively as a group, 
might not have the same opportunity to do what Johnny Football is going to do early on. So I, I say that um, Teddy might actually have a higher ceiling, and there's no question in my mind that he's a better all-around NFL quarterback. Um, but schoolyard play wins the day in fantasy football, so I'll go ahead and take JFF. Love it. Yeah, I'm going to say that, uh, again, I was on an earlier show today, and, and when the name came up, I I could have said the, the exact same thing you did. If, if anything else, he's going to be in a place where he should be starting, and he's going to have easily much, uh, very similar as I compared him to maybe an RG3 type of uh, first year. The, the problem being I had was going forward, and whether uh, you know his style of play and looseness is you know get the crap kicked out of him and uh, may not last more than a year. Uh, but uh, but I couldn't agree more. I think initially he is he's definitely someone with a lot of upside. If they can get him to control him in that pocket, I think he could be on for a steal here. Yeah, and see when when people say that and make that argument, my first response is so wouldn't that also be applicable for the likes of Robert Griffin? Uh, Colin Kaepernick, Russell Wilson, all the other running quarterbacks right now that are doing it right now and are already QB1. So it's one of those things where in, in another debate is potentially, well, he takes a lot of risks and that's not going to translate at the next level. I want a risk taker. And you know what I mean? I don't think anybody's going going to go in drafting Johnny football and not make sure they have a good backup in place for him. So as a as a as a fantasy owner, are you going to want a good backup behind him? Absolutely, um, but that's not to take him away as a starter. Uh, three again? No, I totally agree. I, I think it's a great pick, especially if you're getting him that late in the second round. Probably the best and most uh, fantasy football ready quarterback in this entire draft. Uh, who's probably who? Whatever team he goes to, he's going to step in and start. Just like just like Jeremy said. Um, it, it, it's a no-brainer. It's an absolute no-brainer. I think he's got way more, a, a way higher ceiling than any any quarterback in last year's draft. And those guys were going, you know, beginning of the second round. So he's going to be an exciting player. He's going to make plays. He might have some mistakes also, like we said. But uh, um, I, I can't fault that pick at all, especially on a quarterback needy team. If you got an old guy, you know, or two old guys sitting on your sitting there on your team, that's a no-brainer to take him. Yeah, I, I concur. I think I, I don't think he'll last that long, like we've been no. saying. I think he'll probably go end of the first round. Um, depending on your needs, if you're rebuilding and you're looking to build, you know, get that electric quarterback talent, uh, a la RG3, you're probably willing to spend a, a you know, a at the earliest a mid first round pick on the guy. You know, depending on how deep your league is or how many quarterbacks um, you start. But uh, again, uh, kind of the only thing I do have on him is similar to RG three. Like, if they don't let him, if they don't keep him in the pocket, like he's not, you know, Jeremy, you mentioned Kaepernick. He's not as big as Kaepernick, and and Russell Wilson, like he doesn't. Russell Wilson's very, very good at avoiding hits. Um, Johnny Football tends to to get hit, and uh, similar to RG three and Vic, they're yes. trying to get those extra yards. Um, and I think he's just going to find that the talent level going from. Texas A&M to the NFL is is um, a lot more significant than he thinks, and I wouldn't be surprised if he got injured early or you know was nicked up this year. Uh, that, that, he, that's my that's my one fear of him also is the RG three factors if he gets hurt and beat up. But in, in, when I build a dynasty team, I believe in three year windows, and if he only plays for three years, well if he wins me two championships in three years because of his electric play, um, I'm okay with that. Agreed, and if you're spending a late first, early second round on the guy, you're not really spending that much. You know, and if you're picking that late, your team's probably loaded anyhow. Absolutely. 
quick question, gentlemen, since it's such a hot topic, any any desired sites, uh, locations, landing spots for the gentleman? Oh, I, I please be Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think please. I don't think is that he gets the one four there. Please, the one four. Yeah, yeah. Please. Can you imagine oh, that? Can you imagine that? him throwing to to Josh, to Josh Gordon? Oh, well, there's please. also there's also speculation that Cleveland could take Evans or, or Watkins, depending on who's there, and then roll with Hoyer or you know and draft David Carr or something with their second first round pick. Yeah, but, um, no, I, no, I want to see I want to see Manziel there. Just please. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, how much do you think that will change his his rookie dynasty value if he goes to Cleveland? Will he, I mean, are we talking now mid first round or does it stay about the same? One, yeah, I, I think 1-5, hands down. I, I don't see yes. why it wouldn't happen. I mean, and, and what I wrote about was right after Watkins and Evans, feel free to take Johnny Football because he could have that impact. Let's say he does go in to the NFL and he becomes that low-end QB1. What What is the price tag of a Colin Kaepernick or a Russell Wilson today? It, it's a wide receiver, too, from a trade perspective, and, and that's what we're hoping a lot of these other wide receivers become. Um, so that's why it's like, from a trade perspective, go go ahead, I'll... I'll all fire, fire on all cylinders, as they say at one dot three. And in my perspective, if you're in a two quarterback league, would you consider taking him first overall? Yes. I don't play in a lot of two QB leagues, so I don't have a lot of experience. Um, I don't. I, I probably <laughs> draft him over Evans or Watkins. Uh, what I've I've just now started to dabble. Um, in a two QB league and, and just feeling out offers for two quarterbacks, you really have to take, uh, you know, a top 12 type of talent plus another first round to get a guy like Andrew Luck. So that's where the value is, is just, it's, it's off the board. Okay. Absolutely. And I still think the one five for me is still going to be a little high, just considering how deep I'm, I'm assuming we already have a current squad, and that we probably already have a pretty decent quarterback on the squad. So we're just, and one five still may be a little high for me, but definitely uh, late first round. Yeah, yeah. If if you do have that one five, are you shopping it? If Menzel goes to, to Cleveland and you're set at quarterback, are you milking that pick? Definitely. I could skip yeah, because he is going to have appeal. There's going to be somebody that's going to want him. There's no doubt. That's yeah. a good point. Agreed. Um, for my pick, I am, I'm going to stay with quarterback um, and stick with the local guy. I'm going to going to take Blake Bortles. Um, I know it's probably a, a a shock to take him over Bridgewater, but um, if I'm if going from the angle that I'm rebuilding my team in this draft, I think I'll build around Bortles as a young quarterback that hopefully will get a chance to to sit this year. And, and I kind of see a little bit of Ben Roethlisberger in the guy. He, he won a, lot, uh, a bunch of big games this year, uh, the biggest one being the, the Fiesta Bowl over Baylor. And um, Penn State at Penn State played a really competitive game where he brought UCF from down 28-10 to 10 almost to beat South Carolina at home um, and just really, really stepped up and kind of shot up the, the draft board NFL-wise. Uh, I think he, he just has a little bit of accuracy issues, but the arm is there, the, the, the mobility is there. He can uh, make plays with his legs. I think at the mid to end of the second round, it's a good pick. I like it. I I, I like the guy. You can't like like I said, mid mid second, mid to late second round. You can't fault the guy for taking for uh, who many consider the top quarterback in the draft. You can't you can't fault him for that. 
Agreed. Yeah, you go in and, and you take your guy. And I mean, I've I've heard plenty of rumors along with the rest of us that link Blake Bortles to a team like Minnesota. And if that right. happens, I mean, they really do have the 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 right type of offense, and he's the right type of quarterback for a Norv Turner led offense to be able to go in there and and, and work with that run game and and that tight end type of heavy um, set. And, and you know, he can he can get up and move. So I, I I personally do like Teddy more, but you know, potato potato. Uh, just quickly, I want to throw just a couple things in here. The only concern I have with him at this point is that he just seemed to have come out of nowhere. I mean, uh, he had, he had, it's, do you want to call him a one year wonder? I mean, and what a year he had. I mean, he, I believe he completed over 70% of his passes, uh, 25 touchdowns. And he also had the benefit at the, uh, at the combine of having the, what are the alleged two better quarterbacks not really participate. And he really did show his wares. So, I think uh, he's definitely, if he lands in Minnesota, he's definitely going to be a uh, d- definitely upside play right there. Hmm. Any 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 chance you guys see him going to Houston, or do you think they they don't pass on Clowney? I wouldn't mind seeing him in Houston either. I think that's as good of a situation as uh, as as Minnesota, uh, especially with Bill O'Brien coaching now. Bill O'Brien's really good with quarterbacks. Uh, we've seen his work before at the professional level and at the collegiate level. And if he happened to be the number one overall pick. It's a pretty good receiving core uh, to be going to. So um, I could see him standing out and being every bit as good as any of the other quarterbacks, especially in the right situation. I don't know why. I just find it hard to believe that Houston would be willing to take that one overall pick and, and spend it on Blake Bortles. And if Blake Bortles is their guy, I think there's a lot of feelers that would go on potentially. And, and you would be looking at a trade-back scenario for a team that is looking to pay above and beyond for the likes of Khalil Mack or Jadavian Clowney. No question there. I think what we've seen, though, is the teams are, are, are pretty much calling the Texans bluff at this point. Nobody's willing to give up what they want and kind of forcing Houston's hand in drafting Clowney, even though they may want to go a quarterback in the first round. You know, they can't trade out of it. So you guys aren't the biggest Case Keenum fans then, huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it would not surprise me if Bortles went number one overall. You know, it's probably not likely to happen. I would be surprised. All right, so enough about Houston. Regan, you are up again. We're going to kind of move quickly through these last two picks. I'm going to take not not my number one wide receiver in this class, but my favorite wide receiver in this class. I'm going to take uh, Jared Aberduris. I absolutely love this guy. I love him. I think he's the best route runner in the class. He's got among the best hands in this class. And I think in the right situation, he's going to be a dynamic slot receiver right off the bat. Yeah, I'm a little bit on the fence. But again, we're in the end of the second round, so if if any of us weren't on the fence in some aspect, he wouldn't have lasted this long. Um, I I think he really does look very polished, to your point, and I think he's the type of receiver, for instance, that can come into a Bill Belichick offense and just shoot up draft boards, and next thing you know, you know, he he's going to make. Kenbrell Tompkins look like trash, but he could actually have staying power, unlike Kenbrell Tompkins, at least in the short term, based on his size and athleticism. I mean, uh-huh. it, it, he just he doesn't have the the physical attributes I'm looking for, but he he sure can play. Absolutely, that's all you look for. Is he is he similar to say Nick Tuin? Both at are they both at Wisconsin? I I don't know. I just hope he doesn't have a bad foot like Nicktoon, unfortunately. 
Yeah, it's. I mean, I I would say he's he's probably not as athletic as Nick Toon and probably can't play uh, as well outside. And he's probably better than Nick Toon as a prospect. Um, you know, when it, when you're talking about you know running horizontally. Um, so yeah, I, I I guess it's a it's a fair comparison. Yeah, you're you're not gonna you're not gonna get him in the in, in on the outside. Right. But there's 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 twelve to fifteen teams that kid can step in tomorrow and be a fantasy relevant wide receiver right out of the shoot. Yep. Um I mean, imagine him and Bruce Arians offense in the slot. I mean I know there's not a spot for him right now, but imagine him as a slot as a slot wide receiver in Bruce Arians offense. Imagine him in New York New uh New England, you know, um Denver. I mean there there's 12 teams that he could step into and be a wide receiver three easily just because of his skill set, not because of his speed, not because of his athleticism, just because of the routes that he runs and the hands that he has. And I think that he works for it. I think he's a hard worker. I think that the kid's got, got the motor. He's got the drive to succeed. Fair enough, fair enough. Dave, your, uh, your final pick? Final pick of the night. Well, I'm going to go uh, complete boomer bust here. I'm going to stay with the uh, my big wide receivers. I'm going to – I'm pretty sure he hasn't been taken yet. Kelvin Benjamin? Nice. Yeah, coming out of Florida State. And, I, again, I'm going to say I believe it's going to be either a boom or bust. I like his size and speed. He's pretty aggressive. He can be, uh, a, obviously, with his size, a, a nightmare to, to match up against. Downside, he's prone to drops, which I always hate in my wide receivers. And he, and he really can't stretch the field. I'm just hoping that, you know, where he's going to be drafted, he could land into an ideal situation. He has a great wings, you know, wingspan. He can catch pretty much everything around him. He's great with the jump ball. Definite uh, red zone uh, possession type receiver. Big hands. Still developing as a route runner. That's a concern. And again, the drops are concerned. So with that, I'll. Uh, and it's actually size may actually hurt him. So thoughts. There couldn't be anybody that hates him more than me. But we're at the end of the second, and I wouldn't have expected him to fall this late anywhere. So it's actually a pretty good value play at this point. So I agree with, you know, where you picked him. I mean, he's going to go in the late first, early second, and majority of fantasy drafts where I wouldn't touch him. But now that we're talking about him here in this range, it actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I agree. I think for the end of the second round, it's, it's boomer bust and, you know, big, big, big body receiver. So it's like he can come in and score eight touchdowns next year, you know. Yeah, with, without doing much at all. Right. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him end up a tight end. He does have that body, the frame. Yeah. Absolutely, he's huge. He could he could step in as a as a, as a tight end in a three wide receiver set and be the quote unquote fourth wide receiver lining up in line instead and running routes out of the tight end spot. Your last pick, Jeremy. Yeah, so why why does everyone hate Trey Mason? Was where's why is everyone poo pooing on him? I'll go ahead and pick him here. I, I know there's a lot of news with his 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 uh you know potential surgery needed to clean up a bone in his hand. So um is is that the reason he's falling right now? And I, I guess I'll get your guys' thoughts because I do see him developing into a, a very capable three down back i feel like it's a steal this late but i mean i too didn't take him in you know my picks earlier so um this is an interesting one here i I like it this late this is a great value pick he's 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 probably my number two running back in this draft behind behind bishop sankey um my concerns is obviously auburn is a run first uh 
oriented offense and the offense that he was built in was built for him to succeed. And can that translate into the NFL? Obviously, we've seen their players do that. Uh, but can he? You know, that's, that's the only thing. But, um, like I said, in my, in my running back rankings, he's my number two running back. Fair enough. Um, from, from my standpoint, I'm, I'm not a huge Trey Mason fan. Uh, for those reasons, it, you know, he produced well in a, in a run heavy offense. Uh, I did watch the combine. Um, from a fantasy aspect, I, I like PPR backs. I like guys that can catch the ball, and Mason has stone hands. <laughs> uh, he can't. Ca- he does not catch the ball well. Uh, he dropped pretty much everything they threw to him at the combine. For me, good value at the end of the second round, but I probably will not be drafting Mason. Stephen Ridley asks, "Why are you hating on stone hands?" <laughs> <laughs> well, Ridley's got fumbleitis. <laughs> Uh, I'll just throw in there. I agree with pretty much what everyone said, and I, he won't go this late in in most drafts. I'm, I'm certain of it. Someone will will take him. I just think uh, we're being very prudent in our picks tonight. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, so I, I will throw my last pick to close the night. I'm going to go um, way out there. I'm going to go with Paul Richardson from Colorado. Very very small guy. I mean, he's like six feet, but he's about 175 pounds soaking wet. Similar mold to Deshaun Jackson. Um, at this late in the draft, a guy that, you know, is a boomer bust, he's going to be like a wide receiver four or five on your team anyways. You're probably not going to play him. But for the off chance that he goes goes off in a week, um, you know, and gets behind some DBs, uh, I could see him being a situational play or a flex play, you know, going forward. What I really want to know is when you saw Paul Richardson soaking wet. Uh, wouldn't you like to know? I thought about inviting you, but, you know, Richardson said it was a one-person show. <laughs> Oh, forgive me, my friend. I just couldn't. It was dangling. <laughs> no, I, I like it. I mean, for the only thing this guy doesn't have going for him is his size. That's it. Everything else is there. So it's 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 one of those picks where he's going to fall into the late second, and you've got to make this pick every time, much to the same vein as Jared Abadaris. And I, I think it's a great pick. I think he's also another player that can come in and perform at a high level very early. Of course, the concern being is how effective will he be when he matches up against bigger guys. Absolutely. Same, same thing. Um, yeah. You know, Size. another – Exactly. It, 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 it's all, that's all it's going to come down to. He's got all the talent in the world. He's, he's probably one of the most talented wide receivers in this draft, and it's going to come down to his size. Yeah. I, I guess the only thing for me is, is he's not, it's not a height issue. It's simply a weight, correct? Yes. I mean, he, he's six feet. He's, he's taller than Beckham and, he, you know, some yeah. of these other receivers, Cooks and stuff. It, it's simply weight. Is, is there any chance that the guy can, like, put weight on? Like, build 10 pounds of muscle? I mean, he's, we're not talking about, like, a Tavon Austin type. Right. As far as size, it, it, it's simply weight. But the, the the worry is, is if he gets into an intense workout in camp, that he loses more weight. <laughs> That's <laughs> the worry. No, I mean, we need to enter him. him. You know, he's a he's a starving college student. Once they get him in the NFL and he gets paid to eat, you know. <laughs> right, and and that's one of those things though is if is is the weight going to cut into his speed? You know, his yeah. his, his yeah. game is based on speed, and is the weight going to cut his speed? So yeah. that's what you worry about. It's it's one of those things where you got to weigh it. You know, you can you, can you take him in like a Tavon Austin and use him in, in unique situations, use him in returns, um, punt return or stuff like that. Yeah, you know, make him a situational guy. He's not going to be a wide receiver two or a wide receiver three probably. He's going to be a situational guy. He's going to be a guy that ends up. Um, bi-week starter, stuff like that, I think. 
But, uh, you know, if you're in a league that you're awarding touchdowns for returns and stuff like that, he's a dynamic player, and I think he's going to make plays. He can make plays on the field. It may He just may not get the bulk. And who knows? He may pair up with Jameis Winston. They can sit down for some crab leg dinner, and that'll fatten him up a little bit. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Yeah, well played. On, on that note, we're, we're going to close out for the night. Uh, we appreciate you guys all tuning in to, and downloading the pod. We will be back next week after the draft. Can I recap? As always, you can find us on Twitter, and we look forward to hearing from you guys. Say hi to your mom for me. Up your butt, Joe Boo. Post game show is brought to you by. Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. And if you want